Alright, the tape is rolling, the light is on, you're in the two-man booth with Nick Good And Neil Cochran And this is your podcast where we talk about uh, TV, movies, sports, music, whatever we feel like talking about And this is our weekly Survivor Recap episode We are recapping episode 12, Friendly Fire uh, But as we go through the next couple weeks here, we'll also be talking about the last The previous two episodes of The Last Dance, the Michael Jordan documentary on Netflix And some other stuff we've been getting up to um, Neil has promised that he's going to catch up on The Bachelor, Listen to Your Heart. That's right. Bachelor Presents, Listen to Your Heart. Yes. So he's committed to that. So we'll, we'll maybe be talking about that a little bit too. Yeah. Yeah, I got to catch Because when you were telling me last week some of the shit, I was like, holy man. Oh, and this past this past episode, Neil, they started doing the live performances. Oh my God. Yeah. Here we go. Oh yeah. Okay. Then I... Jason Mraz is one of the one of the uh, guest judges in Kesha. Oh my god! Yeah, Kesha. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Two thousand nine or what? I don't know. Yeah, yeah, somewhere around there. Right. Um, one of the guys is just like, man, Jason Mraz. He's like my idol, and I'm like, come on, Jason Mraz. I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, like, no, no, said nobody ever. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that's so so. Someone who's not a seasoned Bachelor watcher, one thing that is always hilarious is they have this trope on the regular show, whether it's The Bachelor or Bachelorette, where one of the dates they'll go on, usually a one-on-one date will be the the quote-unquote private concert. Not always private. Like, sometimes there's sometimes there's crowds. Sometimes it is literally just the person and then the two people there. Yeah. And it's always like, they you know, they do the, the ITMs or like in the moment things were like and then we walk in and so and so's playing and it's always somebody you've never heard of so at least for this one they're getting legitimate people yeah uh jordan rogers was also there oh geez yeah nice yeah um, i'll definitely get i'll definitely take a look yeah uh also this week i uh I, you know we put up a thing on the instagram we checked out extraction the new netflix movie did you get a chance to watch it? i again? haven't watched it no I've heard it's pretty... Chris Hemsworth? Violent. Dude, it's insane. So remember, I think it was last week I was talking about Polar? Yeah. The other one with Mads Mikkelsen? Mm-hmm. Netflix seems to be moving in this direction with their action movies where they're just like, we're just going to go all out, like hard R. Because mm-hmm. we can just, we don't have to release it anywhere. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. There is a there is a cool moment, you know, it, it, they make it look like a one it's not actually a one but it's really, it is really well done where it's, they, they start... Um, Hemsworth, uh, Tyler, what is it? Tyler Rack or something like that. Rake, Tyler, oh. Tyler Rake. Um, he's extracting this this boy uh, who's been kidnapped by like, drug dealers, essentially like a drug lord. Okay, uh, and it, it all takes place in India. So he goes to India to extract this kid. And as they're trying to escape the first time, they like in a car and they're driving down the road and then they get out of the car and they go through this like apartment complex and he's like fighting hand to hand with people. And then, you know, the camera's swinging through, through rooms and then he shows, I don't know, it's, it's really well shot and it looks really cool. And some of the fighting's awesome. Cool. But, uh, yeah, different turn for Chris Hemsworth for sure. Yeah. Makes like more of like a dark action star. Not dark, just cynical. You know, oh, okay. it's, it's that it's it, think of think of Daniel Craig's James Bond, oh, where it's okay. like kind of nihilistic. You know, it starts okay. off. He's in Australia. Yeah, he's using his own accent, so he's he's in Australia and he's drinking and he's 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 popping oxycontin and chasing it with some booze. Yeah, yeah. And the 
the woman who comes to his like handler or whatever comes to hire him for the job. She's like, Oh, you look like you're, you're, you know, maybe this was a mistake. You don't look like you can do it anymore. And he's like, oh, no, I'll, I'll do one last job. Always the, I'll do the one last job. Eh? Of course. Always one last time. And she makes some comment like, you just take the job so you can hopefully catch a bullet. Don't you kind of thing. Right. So it's like that kind yeah, of, yeah. Okay. yeah. Cynical yeah. nihilistic sort if of you approach. Die. No big deal yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. But of course, you're never going to die. Like, no one would ever kill their main star. Although, maybe. Well, Don't you got to watch it. You got to watch it. Got to watch it. Um, it is, uh, yeah, there's there's a little bit of emotion at the end, too, actually. I'll say that. Uh, but, yeah, if you're just looking for an awesome action movie, you're just, like, kind of, you know. Sure. Late at night, you get home from work, and you're just like, ah, I could watch Rashomon. Which would probably give me like a more appreciation for the art of filmmaking. Sure. Or I could just put on extraction. You know? I like it. Uh, anything else you caught up on other than our weekly homework? No. No, I didn't. I haven't really watched too much actually in the last little bit. Just haven't had as much time. I'm still working. Busy week. Yeah, still working. And up Now I'm up to four days a week too, so I just haven't had as much time. Yet. Yeah. So I'm trying to work out and stuff. Trying to work on the fitness nice yeah nice and trying to eat a little better and then going to work so yeah i haven't been able to watch too much but i will catch up for next week now um because i am already done our homework for the next episodes so yeah uh, i mean I it'll think probably I'm change done. yeah it'll probably change four times since then but uh so i'll have more time so what neil's watch. referring to is we're doing uh the 2011 redraft on monday's, monday's episode. episode yeah and it's an interesting draft oh yeah it's much, much deeper than the one we for did. sure. Than it's the probably the deepest of the three that we've done for sure. Yeah, twenty twelve surprised me, but yeah, twenty eleven is probably the deepest. Oh yeah, um, the amount of NHLers from that draft is alarming. I was looking at, I was just randomly going through some of the other ones. I looked at two thousand five, good goalie draft. Oh, two thousand five, okay. two thousand five had Carey Price, Ben Bishop. Uh, nah, I can't remember now. But there's like there's at least like five all star goaltenders from that hmm. from that year yeah so all spread out from rounds one to seven probably too you know what they're actually on like the first three rounds okay yeah it was kind of surprising we'll we'll talk about it on yeah we'll talk about it on later um have you ever seen the movie under the skin is that the one with scarlett johansson yeah i haven't but i've kind of heard about it so i watched it last night on amazon prime because oh, I, I, I was listening to another podcast, and I had heard a lot about this movie, and it, yeah. it came out in 2013. I was going to say, this is a while ago now. It came out in 2013, so this has been like right in the middle of all the Avengers stuff. So very, you know, this is typical of, you know, they're doing all these, these actors are doing these, these big budget superhero movies. So like, they want to do something quieter and mm-hmm. more artistic, perhaps. I've seen a lot of praise for the movie, and, you know, I can appreciate a slower film. Um, man, what a boring movie though. Really? I found it. I, f- I was, I found myself quite bored with it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really long for the subject. It's like an almost two hours. It's like an hour 45. Oh, okay. And essentially the story is just like Scarlett Johansson plays this woman, you know, it's one of those movies too, where like no one has names really. Mm-hmm. So she's, I think in the credits is listed as the female and she's just driving around Glasgow, Scotland, like picking up men late at night and then you know horror ensues Uh, it's a bit of like a thriller horror i don't i guess you (laughs) classify it as horror okay it's jonathan glazer is the is the director the the tension is built up really well and the score is really good i don't even i don't remember exactly who did it but 
it, it was really well done. It, it reminded me of almost like a like a Johnny Greenwood score. Oh, okay. Um, like something from like from a PTA, like mm. from There Will Be Blood or something, yeah, right? Yeah, like yeah. that sort of creepy, uh, yeah, tension building sort of I don't know synthy stuff. Um, sc- like scratchy guitars. Um, and it's beautifully shot. Like it, mm-hmm. he does definitely makes Scotland the like the the barrenness of Scotland because it's. I think it takes place. It seems like fall or winter. It's rainy, and it's really misty and, and gloomy. Mm-hmm. But it's it looks beautiful. Oh, it's definitely winter because at the very end it's snowing. Um, but it looks it looks good. It's just the story, the plot is just, and I know that's the kind of the point of it. I think. Yeah. But it's just like man. I, I need a little bit more to happen here. Sure, than just having that. But it's a uh, music is composed by Mika Chu. Yeah. So yeah, like a British. It's like a British singer. Yeah, and then uh, so it's an artist though. It's yeah, it's it's it, like I said. There's there's elements to it, but I've seen a lot of stuff where it's like one of the best movies from the decade, and I'm just like, I don't know if I'm willing to go there. But huh. maybe that's one you watch it a couple times, and you're like, oh okay. Um, but yeah, anyway, I watched that, so I. I it's nice to balance out some of the uh, other stuff sure. that we're watching with some more, you know, last week after I watched all of Too Hot to Handle, I made sure I watched uh, uh, a Kurosawa movie. So, you know, nice to balance out the um, the mind stimulating with the mind numbing, perhaps. Sure. Uh, yeah. Other than that, just uh, just our homeworks. You want to get into The Last Dance? Sure. Okay. Um yeah, I watched it right on right on Monday morning. It's yep. the first thing I do when Me I wake too. up. Yeah. Me too. Um I drink my pre workout with it, you know, and then Oh yeah, it I, fires you I, up. Well the very first time, so it was funny when the, the first two episodes came out, I was like, Hey, I'm just gonna watch one. I gotta do my workout. Sure. So I like try and watch the first one. Like, of course not. I have to watch another one. So then I had to take like another scoop of pre-workout. So like, Jesus. Because <laughs> I basically like was just jacked up watching the first episode. And was like, well, now I got to watch the second. I was the like, Rodman well, one? No, just like the very, oh, the first the, one the very, very first one. Yeah. Like when it came out on that first Monday, I was like, okay, I'll watch this first episode. Then I'll work out. And then I'll watch the second one after. Who are we kidding? Watch both of them yeah. back to back. And then, of course, now, yeah, this past Monday, I was like, you know, I'm going to watch both, and then I'll just work out after. Exactly. Don't mix the pre-workout just until we're halfway gonna, through the second episode. Just right? know you're going to commit that hour and a half or whatever. <laughs> yeah, that was like two hours, basically. So, from pretty much 9 to 11, I just make breakfast and watch The Last Dance. Yeah. So, the first of these of this set, episode three, is, you know, Dennis Rodman-centric. I think it's fair to say that... The Rodman stuff is, I don't know, pretty well known. Sure. None of it seems very shocking anymore. No. But uh, you realize what kind of king he was in the 90s. I mean, the guy was like yeah. all over the place. Well, yeah. the thing I, th- I think is what's striking the most is just how effective he still was. Yes. Yeah. Um, and, you know, because a lot of times you see this, like, you think of somebody like a Johnny Manziel, who, like, lets some of the other stuff in life get in the way. But Robin would, you know, go on these benders, do all this weird shit, and then he would be, you know, he, they, you know, grind tape for yes. an entire night. No, I know. Right? It, it's this weird thing about that those old, some of those older generation players. Mm-hmm. Like they did, they had the combination of like talent and work ethic still, but let loose as well, and they only need like four hours of sleep. I, I don't know. They just, oh, yeah. they did drugs and stuff too. But like, you're right though. Overall, he was always ready. 
And they may mention that in the documentary, right? Like, even when he comes back from that bender, he's, like, still in shape. Well, in the when they're running the he's drill. Like, yeah, he can run ahead of all of them. And that's why Michael's pissed. He's like, fuck, man. If Dennis sets the pace, then we're screwed. <laughs> well, that, it, that was funny, too. And they showed him he, he got there and Phil's like, Dennis, you know, are you, are you, are you loosened up? You want to make sure your, mu- your muscles are a memory? And MJ says something like... Hey, he got his body here. Like that's good enough. <laughs> that's good like, enough. Give 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 him some credit or something. He literally walks in in pajamas. Yeah, that was I know, unbelievable. I, I thought that was hilarious too. He's always like he's always just working out with his pajamas. <laughs> but like they literally it pulled him off the plane. He's in sandals and pajamas, walking into the gym like yeah. ready for practice. Like doesn't even have his basketball shoes on yet. Like, yeah. Oh, that clip! I was like, that is amazing. Uh, so. Went to Southeastern Oklahoma State. Got a lot. Ever of heard of it? No. <laughs> Even Pippen went to like sub small. Uh, that's one thing too that it seems like these really small schools. Yeah. Maybe more so like. Now it's just even recruiters and stuff find you beforehand, mm-hmm. right? So you're going to go to a bigger school. Like it's just going to be really rare that you mm-hmm. just find some dude in some. You know, Especially then when YouTube and stuff wasn't around. That's right? what I mean. Like then makes more sense now. Oh, it, you think so? I think now it makes more sense because you could be like, I just I'm think, never going to go to southeastern Oklahoma State, and then you you see something on YouTube. It's like, look at this guy put up 75 yeah, I just, points. I, I think what I mean more is that. Even the good college coaches, though, like won't let those players fall through the cracks oh, as, as often. You, you know what I mean? Yeah, so yeah. like, it'll just be harder to like fall through the crack in high school, fall through the crack in college, and then but then all of a sudden you're lighting it up like he did, kind of thing. It's and just he, it's just you won't find that as often. Like you'll think. the the rarest would be like the closest. Steph Curry, I think, yeah, I was gonna say the Marquette, closest I can right? think of is like. He went to Davidson. Davidson, right. And it's like, that's a smaller Div 1 school. It's still Div 1, though. It's still Div 1, yeah. though. But it is, like, smaller. Yeah. They weren't known for being whatever, but then they could hang with the big boys when all of a sudden he... Mm-hmm. And he was, like, an okay high school player, but they thought, mm, potential there, yeah. right? So you're right. That's And I was just going to say that. That's probably as close as I can think of in our time. Or uh, a CJ McCollum. Sure. He went to Lehigh. Right. Lee or whatever it yeah. was. And he they beat Duke in the first round. But it was because he dropped like 40 points, yeah. right? And so it's something like that. Is, is But Div 1 still though, right? Yeah. But really, really small. Um, you know, even a John Morant, right? Murray State. Like there is guys yeah, yeah. that can do it. But it's just not. It. But even they get Div 1. You're not going to mm-hmm. find a Southeastern Oklahoma no. State or whatever. And then Pippen was some weird one too. They're not even, it wasn't even in the NCAA. It was like NAIA or yeah, whatever. Yeah. And then they draft them still in the second round. Because it's like, well, we're sixth overall. Because he's just got the talent, like Robin Pippen. Oh, Pippen! Yeah, you know, yeah. Like Robin similar, went in the second round. R- Robin went second round though. From like, yeah. I think he was Dennis's actually. That was like NIA or whatever. Yeah. It wasn't even NCAA. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, also helps when all of a sudden you just grow. Like both those guys, it seems like they just grew when they got to college. Yeah. So. Well, man, even even after sometimes like Giannis, that's the thing would happen with him. He grew like five inches after he got drafted. Yeah. Um. It is funny seeing all the highlights, though, just the scores in the 90s, eh? Dude. Like, now they say it's like the race to 100, right? What was it back then? Like, the race to 88? Yeah, I know. Like, sometimes it's like, there's four minutes left in the fourth quarter. It's like 76, 80. I know. And they, like, they crack 120. It's like, because it's gone to two overtimes. (laughs) Yeah, like, now that's (laughs) usual. Oh, yeah. No, the Rockets, a 120 is a low night for them. Yeah. You know? Like, it's... it's I just thought it was hilarious. Just shows how far the offense has come. Yeah. Well, and, like... Well, I even because in the was it the second episode they talk, talked about the bad boys, the fourth episode, I guess. Yeah, we, okay. Because even Robin, it's just the way the rules were were just crazy. 
like, from what I understand too, that a little bit that's overblown. Sure. Like there's always this talk about like how tough the nineties were and stuff where it's like, yeah, it, it was, but it, it's, it's not like it was, you know, it's not like the broad street bullies in the seventies. Right. It's mm-hmm. not like, like people literally like breaking ankles yeah. and stuff. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, no, they definitely were. It was just more violent. It's just though, interesting like, to see how they're just like what they could get away with. Yeah. Like they basically were like, we're not as good as him. So yeah. we're just gonna hit him. Oh, uh, I think Isaiah Thomas would say the would say. Well, he, he might be the only one though. Yeah, but I also love that how like whatever thirty years later they're still just, just that petty. rivalry. Just petty man. I don't it's so amazing. You can, I don't give a shit what he said. <laughs> oh, the, that he's meme was amazing. His facial expressions yeah. when he was watching it. He's like, see, <laughs> he's just oh my god. So There's, let's ask that. We'll jump ahead a little bit. Do you think what the Pistons did was wrong? Yes, you do. I do. Even though the, the Celtics did it to them. Yes, because the Bulls shook their hands every time. Yeah. Because personally, it was different. The Bulls did it. Personally, I think the handshake thing's overrated. Me too. I think they're stupid. I think I it's think stupid. But the that fact is- that hockey like glorifies this, like, oh, the only sport where they shake hands. Like, man, you just went seven games with these people. Like, let's say you go seven games and it's a hard-fought mm-hmm. series. Like, I'll shake your hand if I want to shake your hand. Don't force me. Like, this isn't yeah. peewee. No, and I, I'm, I, I'm, I don't necessarily i don't fall on either side i could take it or leave it i don't really care i I think it is cool that it happens sometimes and they see whatever but i also i'm like in the end it's still a sporting event so i don't yeah i don't i don't like how it's contrived but but in this case though like i do think jordan was right that the bulls were hand they were giving their handshakes even though they were getting their hearts broken doesn't matter I don't know. And just the way the Pistons did it, like, it's not, they had to I, sneak by the bench. I kind of like it. Like, it's like, fuck you guys. You just beat us. We're the two temp champs. Go go play the fucking Lakers. I don't care. <laughs> sure. Yeah. I don't mind it. They're, they are the bad boy Pistons. They are. They don't need to shake hands. This is true. And, hey. it, and it's funny coming from Jordan, considering. You know. Well, that's. but here's the thing, though. He's always the competitor. He is. He's, he, he's always the competitor. He's also like, he, he believes in the spirit of the game, it seems like, right? It seems like, yeah. Um. Yeah, just I guess jumping back and forth between the two episodes. Um, yeah, they kind of blend together a little bit. Always, yeah. But just to go back to with the uh, with the Rodman thing at the they show at the start of the '98 season, he's you know having a shitty game and stuff like that, and they have the whole story about he goes to ask for a cigar. Yeah, and it's just it goes to show that just their their personalities, right? Where because MJ's like, I knew if he was going to come, that's his way of saying sorry. Mm-hmm. Or no, at first it shows Rodman, and he's like. I went up there because I wanted, you know, that was my way of saying sorry. And you're going to be like, oh, shit, MJ's not going to ha- be having any of that. And then it cuts to MJ. He's like, I knew that's what that's that was his way of saying sorry. Sorry, I didn't say anything. Just ask like, me for a cigar. He never comes out to my room. And I think that goes to show what goes into building a championship team mm-hmm. where um, you have, you know, nowadays you have this whole idea where it's like there's just t- the roster turnover all the time. Mm-hmm. Right. Trying to find that blend, you know, Kyrie and Durant, like, let's get together and let's try to win and mm-hmm. whatever, you know, other teams too. I think I think Kawhi Leonard's very unique where he can kind of come in as a mercenary and just be like, yeah, I'll win you a title and then I'll leave. Mm-hmm. But I think this goes to show that you need to have that sort of like unspoken bond or unspoken understanding at least, right? Yes. I think that's why the Warriors have been so good for so long because Curry and Clay and Draymond probably have that. And Draymond maybe not so subtle. He's fallen subtle. off a little bit, but you're right. But when, I, they, when they were winning. I was going to say Draymond's maybe not so subtle. He's sure. probably a little bit more outspoken. But, yeah. You know, there's but just, they let him be outspoken. Mm-hmm. They don't ever try and like rein him in, really. Mm-hmm. They just like. And that goes to show this, too, where like MJ kind of was like he knew what Rodman needed to tick. Yeah. Oh, I know. <laughs> that was incredible when he was just like, but Phil, you're never going to see him again. Like, you, let him, you know we're going to have to go get you him. Let him. You let him go for two days? Nah. He's not coming back in two days. <laughs> Yeah, 88 hours or whatever he was gone. That was amazing. But I think what this this documentary is doing is not just 
reminding everyone how great MJ was, but it's like rehabilitation a bit on Pippin's character. Yeah. Or his, his, I guess his talent mm-hmm. even, um, you know, showing again the uniqueness of Dennis Rodman. Yeah. That like people are just different. But then yeah. also, you know, it's, I think it's doing a good job of like showing the other people around MJ. Yes. And cause I think this, especially the fourth episode did a good job of like Phil Jackson was such a unique yeah. coach. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's a weird dude too. And it goes to show why MJ was like, I don't want to be coached by anybody else. Mm hmm. Well, they don't win until um, like till Phil. So you were over. wrong, by the way. The last Phil time did take, Phil three, did win uh, three three peats. Yes, that's right. Which is crazy. Yes, because he has ten titles. Yeah, because he won. Or he has four, eleven. He has eleven titles. Yeah, because he won five with the Lakers. Five with the Lakers, six with the Bulls. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. He's got eleven titles. Yeah, it was right. That's right. It's because he just replaced Doug Collins right when they won. That's yeah. why I was like confused. I thought like maybe he only did the two. Whatever, but he was the coach. That was also right? like, man, Jerry Cross, eh? Just like, yeah. kind of snaky. Yeah, yeah. I know. Like, he does really good shit, but then also, like, you're kind of a snake in the grass. He's just like, I, he just, like, was just over Doug Collins. Yeah. Yeah. I, I thought that was a cool progression because I was wondering if they were going to talk about that because, you know, it did take Jordan seven years to win. Mm-hmm. So then what was the difference? And it really did seem like he had to learn to, like, use his teammates mm-hmm. for a while. It's not that he wasn't a team player. Because, but he has that famous quote, right? He says it in the documentary too. You know, there's no I in team. And yeah, there's an I in win. Yeah. And it's just like that mentality, though, it took him probably a long time to. I think that's also just a showcase. That's also just a characteristic of young stu- superstars. It is. Like, and it's a guy that was, he was so good that they were almost, like you said, really, even that one season really proved to him probably how valuable he actually was. Considering he played 20 minutes a game and they made the goddamn playoffs. Don't you think it's also sort of like a. You know, a message to guys like Westbrook and Harden. Almost. Where yeah. it's like, yeah. Because you, you, can, you can criticize LBJ for whatever, but he is, a like, in terms of team game, yeah. he always, like, leads his team in assists and stuff like that. Like, he does play, a, it's a day of play, a completely different style. Yeah. But you're right. I think it's for more of the people like the Westbrooks that he takes on. Jordan is, he's I, a Jordan athlete Hard, himself. Harden too. especially. Because yeah. it's like, you can win all these scoring titles, but. Or it's not Westbrook, gonna, you know, you're a Jordan, he's a Jordan athlete. It's not going to win you a title. You know, it's like, he probably sees a lot of Westbrook in and. You know yeah. himself that sort of competitiveness, but then it's like, man, you got to like use other, you got to do other things in the game with your teammates and stuff like mm-hmm. that, right? So you're right. I think it's definitely a little bit of that. So. Um, I definitely felt tension when they were showing that '89 Cavs series, right? Like when, yeah, I was like, oh yeah, I'm into this. Okay, <laughs> yeah, all right, yeah. That's. Sh- I think it's also just because like there's no sports, so you're just like, oh, this feels like it could be a yeah, sport. That right Ron now. Harper clip was pretty funny. Yeah. He's just like, oh, fuck this. Then, yeah. But they didn't let him guard him. Yeah. And then MJ's oh, like, well, right, yeah, Ron yeah. Harper was better at guarding me. Yeah, they should have let him bar. It's just, it's really funny seeing players like that because they're, they're so like, mm, you have to be narcissistic a bit where yes. you're just like, I am the best and I can do this. But also how sort of like childlike they are when they don't get their way. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> Whatever. He's pissed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, fuck it then. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, Doug Collins just had that great quote, you know, the greatest respect you can give a great player is to coach him hard. Mm-hmm. I was, you know, I like that. And you always wonder, cause nowadays there's so much, they say there's so much nuance to coaching, right? Where you can't just be the guy who's hard on players or whatever. You have to understand how each of them ticks in a personal yeah. level. Like, well, I think that's where Phil Jackson, he kind of was really about that. 
coached them a little hard, but then also like gave them leeway to be themselves. I just so, mean, I just mean nowadays it's like you have to be more individualized sure. to each player, like understand yeah. what how on their own personal level how they operate mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff. Well, I, well, like I think it starts with Phil and Dennis, though, even in this well, documentary a little bit, right? Mm, no, I think Phil's flaw. I mean, with Dennis Robin, sure, specifically, but I think Phil's coaching style was still general. He was like, we're all going to do the Zen yoga together. We're all going to do that. Yeah, we're all going to learn the triangle offense. The triangle offense thing was cool when they talked about it a little bit. Yeah, well, it's so funny because like early 90s, it it seemed so innovative. And then when Phil was trying to do it with the Knicks, they were like, this is so outdated. Or I guess D'Antoni or whatever. Like, this is so outdated. Like, the triangle offense. Like, this is idiotic. Yeah. But, you know, yeah, it makes sense. In the 90s, it worked because mid-range shots were still prominent and stuff like that. It wasn't like... Now you need the three in space. Stretch it as yeah, far as you can. Yeah. Exactly. So that's probably where it comes from, I would assume. Yeah. But. Yeah, it's just so funny how you see how a sport can evolve in two to three years, right? Yeah. Or 20 to 30 years, right? Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, we get, you know, the the hippie Phil Jackson background, mm-hmm. dropping acid, living like a lion on the beach. Um, when he's coaching in like the Philippines, that was crazy. Or wherever the hell uh, Costa Rica. Costa Rica. Yeah. That's what it was, yeah. Um, or Puerto Rico, Puerto Rico, Puerto Rico. Um, it also shows, I think, why Steve Kerr is the kind of coach he is, eh? Oh yeah, There's playing, playing Phil, under Phil Jackson. There's some Phil Jackson there. Yeah. yeah, he's he isn't like in your face, whatever. But he's he's well respected because of what he has accomplished, right? Yeah. And so Phil was the same thing. I think once they won that first title with Phil, it was like they just listened to him from then on out, right? He also noted that MJ's career high in points is 69. Nice. Nice. Um, <laughs> Couldn't quite crack 70. Yeah, yeah. Like I wrote, MJ uh, adopting the triangle offense and some humility is a direct petition to Harden and other ISO players. For sure. Because yeah. you know, like if MJ had his way, he would just ISO all the time. Yes. Right? So that's like, basically what Doug Collins did. Yeah. He's like, I'll just break your ankles from the corner and then I'll just, you know, Elevate dunk over, over you. you or yeah, jump yeah. over you and shoot over you. Yeah. yeah reverse layup or yeah. something. Because when you see how high Jordan jumps and stuff. Oh, man. Shoots. And where he's jumping from and stuff, yeah. right? And uh, so, yeah, they lose in 90 to the Bad Boy Pistons. And then MJ realizes he's getting his ass kicked because the Jordan rules. Mm-hmm. And then I just wrote, Neil Porn. MJ bulking up. Oh God, no! I was just as like, I was watching, I was like, "Oh, Neil's probably so into." He's like, "I gotta get, I gotta get ripped. I no, gotta get no, big." No, it made me laugh though that like they didn't even do that before. <laughs> yeah. It just shows you how fucking good they were. Silly. Oh I, yeah, seven I years want, in, I'll start working out now. I want to administer the pain. He said. Yeah, I know. I was just like, "Oh my God," but I just love it. Like, didn't even have to lift weights before. You're just that naturally gifted. At, you you work on basketball specific skills, but sure. you don't ever like try and reform your body or anything. I was like, that's crazy. Well, that it took till nineteen ninety for us to try it. Like, yeah, well, I mean, like a, like we said, like Rodman, he just like goes on benders and he's like, oh, I'll just like hop on the bike for a couple hours and then I'll be yeah. back in shape. They're special. Uh, he's like, he reminds me of like Michael Irvin. I've heard bazillion stories of like, well, Chad Chad Johnson. They say we're just like eat mcdonald's every day yeah michael irving would go out you know do all sorts of things party well have apparently like, those cowboys teams were just insane yes, but have like orgies till yeah. like seven in the morning and be the first one on the practice field at 10 yeah and i was like how is that humanly possible but well these guys even these guys like in 98 like they're you know before games they're just like smoking cigars and <laughs> the other thing that was hilarious too is they would just show rodman like after the literally walking out of the locker room just holding a miller light <laughs> 
just already getting after it. Yeah. <laughs> I know. How great was the uh, was the Carmen Electra oh, that was drop great. there? That's too. what I'm saying. Like he was like a king of the '90s. Man, the guy was in the NWO. Well, they were married. Right? He was married to, to Carmen, Carmen Electra, Electra before, but he dated Madonna. after he dated Madonna. Yeah, but dated yeah. Madonna. Carmen Electra, all in the '90s, was part of NWO See, wrestling. I was hoping they would get into that a little bit because apparently that was a big thing too, where he, because he, he, I think he had two stints in WCW, and the first one I've listened to the. 83 weeks with Eric Bischoff and I remember them talking about it and he said like Dennis was always there ready on to, like on time ready to go like there's no real stories about him being like difficult or anything no but he like he doesn't wasn't always like necessarily of sound mind all the time but he was always there he was sure. always there to do the job yeah because it was him and Carl Malone yeah I think so yeah yeah no I know so weird so they didn't get into that at all which no. I was hoping but they it, would I, I his mind for the game though was pretty cool to watch when he was just like talking about rebounds and stuff and how he would just learn based on people's spin of the ball and like all those different things you know it was was funny when he was describing because it just sounded like gibberish like ding here ding here he's like uh, he's like magic and uh, he doesn't have any spin on there yeah yeah so he knew like where his rebound was gonna go and stuff yeah it's just it's it's cool to watch and those old old clips of him on the bad boy pistons and stuff you can see like how good of a defensive player he was and stuff and he was long and lanky yeah and a guy that could cover a lot of positions and stuff so i mean all defensive like this is a guy with five championships no i know two with the pistons three with the bulls like it's insane yeah um led the league in rebounding seven straight years at six foot seven as far as the uh the like knowing how a guy's going to shoot thing you hear that with you know, a lot of athletes, like I know in the NHL, there's goalies who are like, I think Carey Price is one of those guys where he's like how a certain, where certain guys, the way he's coming down the wing or mm-hmm. where the puck is on his tape, he kind of knows what kind of shot he's going to take. So yeah. when you're elite, you no, start to it, learn that kind of stuff. Well, and I was texting with a friend who was watching it too, and he was saying like the way they'll recall plays will just always amaze You know, I, I first realized that with... um with Wayne Gretzky. Yeah. In the, it's actually in the 30 for 30 in the King's Ransom where mm-hmm. he would talk about these games where he's like, oh, yeah, it's like 1981. And I remember like. Playing blah. Yeah. Guys beside me and blah, and blah. They remember it like this such vivid detail. Crazy. That's crazy. Yes. Because it was popularized, of course, by like LeBron in the finals. Like at the press conferences. But like you said, it seems like all these elite athletes. See, do that's it all again, time. that's like the LeBron. It's like. I know it was popularized, yeah. but like these guys, but no, have been but it's doing the same as like even when Deshaun broke it down. Like yeah. it's just like I think people don't realize that, like like you said, how, That's much how their fun minds they work. Do. Yeah. yeah, and like Rodman, like you said, he's just sitting there after a bender grinding on film. Yeah, and it's like these guys are able to recall stuff and they see plays happening. It's crazy. It's crazy stuff. I mean, it's just also hilarious how you think about the '90s and how stardom worked, and like I guess. Um, like popular culture stardom worked. Yeah. Where nowadays, if a guy, could you imagine if like, man, I don't even know who's, who's like a trouble player right now. Um, you know, let's just say like some guy in the middle, like literally in February on a championship contending team is like, like, let's say it's like the warriors. Right. And let's say Andrew Wiggins is like, you know, I'm just going to go away for a couple days. Yeah. The amount of like media shit storm that would be around that. I know. And the amount of like TMZ reporters that would be in Vegas. Yeah. Like they have videos of Rodman just like riding around on a motorcycle without a helmet. Yeah. Like there's clearly there th- that crew is clearly there recording him the whole time. Mm-hmm. And they barely they they don't even show most of the shit. They just show him doing a couple shots and hanging out in a in a club with Carmen Electra. Yeah. <laughs> but that was pretty funny when MJ was like, Yeah, I went in Godman's room. I won't say what was in his room, who what was in his bed. 
have no idea. Yeah. We just picked him up and we got practice. <laughs> well, and you know, MJ willing to go to Vegas. Well, so we always joke, yeah, willing to go to Vegas. Probably, you probably gambled a little bit yeah. while he was there for sure. He probably hit the tables before he went and found him. He's like, Dennis, we got, Dennis, we got practice. Let's go. Yeah. It's just so funny. Like, I just can't but imagine. I think that shows you the respect. Like, Robin had literally arguably the greatest player of all time, like, running around Vegas to find him. Yeah. <laughs> but then after after they blow the team up, like, Robin's out of the league in two seasons, right? Yeah. So he, I think the situation was insular for him. Yeah. As far as, you, you know, having Phil Jackson and understanding his ticks, and then, yeah, having MJ there to... Give him a little bit of rope, but then also rein him in when he when he needed to. So yeah. well, like Robin obviously respected Jordan, which helped yeah. too, right? Yeah, he respected him the moment that he played them against the Pistons. Right yeah. from there, he's like, that's why I always consider him the greatest because he's like, he took a beating when we played him, mm-hmm. and he got back up. So he's like, ever since that, I've never, you know, I always think he's the greatest. And then you want to administer the pain. Yeah. <laughs> that's uh, right. Any other takeaways from? No, that? I just think it was it's just entertaining. It's just yeah. good stuff. It's good to have like some sports content and. There's a little bit of uh, some good reminiscing. There's, there's like little hints here and there about you know his his gambling, his playing cards. Like he wins a hundred bucks after the Broncos win Sand. the Super Bowl. Yeah. For what I understand is the next few episodes get more into the the darker side of of MJ. Jordan. Yeah. So it's kind of interesting. How there's like they're dropping little things, mm-hmm. like little breadcrumbs leading up to it. It's like, oh yeah, he's betting them basketball he's always playing cards on the on the plane always always gambling yeah yeah always has a cigar in his mouth like Mm -hmm. it's just i don't know i i just always love that shit man yeah it's i I hope they talk about the the tony kukoc stuff because he comes over for the second three pete basically okay or maybe even sometime in the middle of the first one i'm not exactly sure but he was like the best european player Mm. and there's clips like really funny interview clips for people if they want to check it out on youtube just go watch when the dream team goes to the Olympics, mm-hmm. right? So Jordan and Pippen are on the dream team. Mm-hmm. Kukoc is on, you know, Yugoslavia at the time, yeah. who was like considered the one. Of the, they were the second best team, or mm-hmm. it wasn't even. It might have been Croatia. It might. They might have split by this point. Perhaps I think it was. It was. Yes. Yes. It was Croatia. So Croatia and Serbia had split yep. by this point, and uh, he, Tony Kukoc is like considered one of the best players in Europe, and he's. By the Bulls. The Bulls have drafted him in the second round, and Jerry Krause is trying to lure him over. Right. And they had just come off winning two titles, and Jerry Krause is like the shiny new toy syndrome or whatever. And so when the USA plays Croatia, Jordan and Pippen hold him to four points. Nice. Because they just play lockdown D and literally picking up full court. They didn't let him breathe all game. Nice. And Magic's just like, they killed that man they're like they were arguing who was gonna guard him on the bench and stuff and tony kukoc was like he's like my teammates were asking me like if i did something to them and they're like i don't know but it's just so i really hope they touch on that if they don't i recommend people go watch it on because it's pretty funny to watch they just locked him down completely just like denied him the ball everything yeah Yeah. he shot like one for seven or something from the field the usa just destroyed him but they were just playing like it was like game seven it was (laughs) Because they were basically, they were like, yeah, we weren't playing against Tony Kugos, we were playing against Jerry Krause. Which, of course, just like, they just, just did so not like him. At yeah, him. so mad at him. So they were like, we just won two titles, and this guy wants to, he thinks this guy is going to take us over the top. It's like, what do you mean? We, and that's that yeah. same, that's that mentality, right? So, but pretty I wonder, shit. I wonder, and then Kugos ends up becoming a really important part of them, winning three more yeah. later, but it was just funny. I just wonder when that's when that starts, when that sort of tension between them and Kraus cuz it, it has to be before the whole Pippin contract. It's right around like it it seems like it is in that early 90s 
when they just fired Collins, even though Phil won a title. So you think from that early on? Yeah, because they, when he's talking about trying to get Kukoc over, he's saying like they were pissed at Kraus because he's mm. like disrespecting them. Mm. So it's got to be around that early, early wow. time. But yeah, crazy. So just to win in that, because nowadays you would just blow it up. Yes. After two years, if there's all that tension, or you fire the general manager or whatever, right? For so, sure. Um, yeah, no, it's going to be interesting seeing how much. I, I keep wondering how much, because 10 hours does seem like a lot. Mm-hmm. But then every time I watch an episode, I'm like, yeah, no, they seem to have yeah, a lot going on here. So For sure. It'll be interesting to see how it uh, plays out over the next, I guess, six episodes. Yeah. Um, okay. So, yeah, I don't. they don't really say. I know going into this week, they were like, these are the Rodman episodes. I don't think they've really said what sort of the theme is for the next two. Oh, okay. So it'll be interesting to see that. Um, so let's move on to Survivor. Yes. Coming in, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Episode 12, Friendly Fire, spoken by Tony, Nick, and Jeremy. Nick and Both Jeremy. say it at separate points. Uh, okay. Nick man- mentioned something that's going to be like Friendly I'm really Fire. I'm really those. I never remember whenever you ask me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we're at 28 days. Yeah. I know there's still lots of people in. Those last couple episodes are going to be crazy because mm-hmm. we've got two episodes left. And next week is two hours, so my guess is the person from Ext- Extinction's coming. Oh, it's two hours. Yeah, in the in the coming up is next. The fin- what about the finale? Is it also two hours? I don't know, Oof. but they said in the coming up that uh, next week's two hour episode. And they didn't say se- season finale, so no, it's the penultimate. Yeah, yeah. I heard that actually. Okay. Yeah. So so there you go. Oh, that's gonna be fantastic. Um. So we open up at camp with fucking Ben whining as usual. <laughs> And Jeremy's stock rising even more as he he's just not having any of the shit. I love this Jeremy Ben. Thing well, he's just on. like, come on, it's season forty. Why is he being such a child? That's what he says. It's like Denise or something, right? Or Kim, I think. Is it Kim? Yeah. yeah. When he's sitting on that bench. Yeah. I know. And then because <laughs> yeah, he literally calls him out there, he's like, well, "You just lied to me, dude. Like, you don't you you don't have to. Like, it's." Well, and then Jeremy had some insight as to how the season's kind of been going. He's like, yeah, there's a blind side. It happens. We go back to camp. We hash it out. And then we just reset. Mm-hmm. Which is kind of what we've been talking about where it seems like it just kind of... Ha- yeah, or Tony se- talks about that, I think. Is I, that what Tony says? Yeah, oh, Tony says Sarah that. is mad at him. Yeah, right. so Tony says that. He's like, but this one, man, is just like hitting different. Yeah, because yeah, Sarah loses her shit. And then, tr- and then he tries to make amends with Ben. Like, I don't know. I, but then it, we, we kind of talked about it before we started recording... I think Tony is just trying to play Ben to bring him to the final as just a third useless yeah. person. Yes, absolutely. Um, no, that's an end game thing for mm-hmm. sure. So Tony's blindside tactic worked. Yep. Because he did bring Sarah in with him. Yeah, it did. It worked. Tony killing it. He knew it. Because he was basically just like, I was tired of seeing you and Sophie. You're still my ride or die. I have an idol. If I have to play it for you, I will. He's the only one. He tells about the spot, the spy nest. Yeah, the spy nest goes aerial. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, he was. It was funny how he was like talking about his former ones. Where he was like, "I had the first spy, the spy shack, shack, then I had the spy bunker." He's like, "Didn't work very well, but I had fun." <laughs> yeah. No, it's crazy because like he, he's very similar. I think he he's the guy that's either gonna get voted out first or win the whole thing mm. because it's just. He got voted out second in Game Changers, like the bunker mm-hmm. one that they showed. But Sandra got him voted out because she just didn't want to deal with him. Right. Because she was, I think she sensed, like, this is a dangerous man, mm-hmm. you know? And he's proven it right now. So. Yeah. Yeah, that was pretty funny, though. Like, when he goes up in the tree. Like, yeah. what is that going to do for you? Can you see me? She's like, <laughs> no. no, I can't see you. <laughs> um, 
And then, uh, yeah, so Kim's trying to orchestrate Tony's downfall. Um, Which is smart. You have no choice at this point if you're Kim. Like, you know you're on the pecking order. Yeah. You know Kim, Jeremy, any combination of those two of you, and Denise, you're going next. Mm-hmm. Like, you're sitting ducks. Because right now, like, to me, people are going to vote for Tony before they're ever going to vote for, like, a Nick, a Michelle, sure. a Ben. Sure. Unfortunately, on the jury, right? So, to me, like, he's he's taking Jeremy along, who, and he'll ultimately be the one to probably blindside him, but, you know. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, we'll we'll get into that after we get the um through the challenge and everything. Um so they go to Extinction and we have the coconut challenge. Mm-hmm. A lot of thoughts on this. But what do you think what did you what did you think about the coconut challenge? It's it's mean. Yeah. Considering that not everybody gets tokens. Yeah, so six I did I mean it was pretty funny. Six people when get Adam it, was basically just showing how useless he was. Well, I wrote Adam, you're not in shape. Shouldn't you be in shape? Shouldn't you have gotten in shape for the winner's edition of Survivor? <laughs> Like, yeah, no. There's no way that guy's getting back in the game. No way. There's no way. No, no. He's not built for it at all. Um, Danny looked quite thin. It's crazy. Yeah. Man. Isn't that wild? I was worried. I yeah. was like, oh my god, it's she like a should, skeleton. She should be working out right now. <laughs> um, so winners are Natalie, Sophie, which shocked me. So we're like going pace for pace with but Natalie. But she hasn't been on extinction. That's so true. She has been eating better. Then Yule, then Parv, Tyson. And then Wendell just beats out Danny. Um, I feel like two fire tokens is a little cheap. A little cheap. But then again, that's what they get for winning immunity. Yeah. But I was like, man, only two fire tokens for something that seemed to take like four hours? <laughs> Running from one end of the island to the other, carrying one coconut at a time? Well, dude. Um, and I gotta say, it was heartbreaking seeing Rob fall, bust his elbow. Mm-hmm. I felt that it was kind of a visual representation of what the season has been. Literally the old guard breaking down. Yeah. Right? Yeah. That's the end of his survival journey. I, it's like you just the way they shot it too and like he was he wasn't gonna give up and you're just like, oh, bro, it's over, man. <laughs> yeah. It was sad. It was like, oh it was, yeah. It was cause and it, and I felt I felt very emotional watching this episode. Uh because I'm like, this is really like we gotta there's only two episodes left, maybe like only four to five hours left of this show, and it's like these are going to be the last four to five hours we see some of these people. Like mm-hmm. we'll never see Rob again. Never we'll never see, see Parv again. No. We'll probably never see. You'll never see a Yule again. You'll no. never see Ethan, Amber. It's like man, this is this is literally this is a full changing of the guard. Mm-hmm. Big time. Um. So it was a little. It was a little. I sad. think I don't think you'll see any of these people again. Why would you ever play another edition? I think some of them. I think some of the newer players might. Like I think like a, a Nick or something. I think a Nick would. I think um, Michelle maybe. Maybe Wendell. I could see Wendell playing again. Yeah. But you're right. It a lot of them we'll never see again. Never see again. Yeah. Um, and then Ben finds the idol, and then like he's so dumb. He tries literally just. Tony is standing next to him, and he's like, "Oh yeah, it, uh, yeah, that's crazy, eh, Tony?" And he just like. He's like, Ben, I see you stuffing that in your crotch. What are you doing? <laughs> I just love how Tony just calls him out on it, too. You, you can't sneak it past Tony there. Bro. And then this is Rich. Ben says to Tony, don't start getting paranoid. Well, I texted you last night Jesus after I watched Christ, the episode. I'm that's like, rich. Ben is just out of his league, man. Like, oh my goodness. Of, yeah, like. He, 
Yeah. How the hell did he win? Well, I know how he won a season. He just kept getting this, given immunity. This, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. So he got beat by a 50 year old woman four different times in immunity challenges. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. fuck me, man. And then we get to the, uh, the, uh, Oh, immunity challenge. Oh yeah. He's missing the punisher there. Pouring the, pouring the goo on them. That's right. Uh Oh, I like it. Yeah. On YTV. Yeah. The, uh, they brought, uh, <laughs> it's a good Canadian. Jeff, Jeff's not there for the, for the challenge to bring out wink Yahoo. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good canadian yeah, reference oh yeah. right there yeah. man they used to do the second challenge remember they would do like the two in the studio and then the middle challenge would always be you had to basically there was like getting kids to gamble you're like you have to bet on who you think is going to win this this uh, auxiliary challenge yeah and they had it once at west ed and i was like man i wanted to go so bad yeah that's amazing didn't get a chance mm-hmm. um and then they had like ultra uh oh or like super uh oh where if it landed on it you got dumped on twice with slime. Oh okay. Yeah. That's right. Um Yeah, this was uh so this is the stuff I was always sad we didn't get to see like poverty do. So she won this one twice. She's won this challenge so, every time she's competed. So I like Jeff breaking down the evolution of the challenge. In season three, this went six hours. Yeah. Was that and that's one That's not poverty's, but no, she No, because that's Africa. Yeah, but she won three She's won this challenge three times. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. She's won it every time she's competed it. So, so I'm saying she's a monster when it comes to like endurance stuff. So yeah. All that yoga. That's probably why she won the, or got tokens in the running thing, right? Yeah. Um, so this is an interesting immunity challenge for the way it ends. Yes. Um, Ugh, Kim. Well, so Ben, again, Ben, he's like a fucking petulant child, you know, uh, who goes out first? First is uh, Ben. No, Ben's second because he goes out right. Sarah. At, he goes right at the same time. Yeah, Sarah. It's like Ben touched the structure, right? And he's oh, like, it was Sarah. Yeah, yeah, I touched the structure, Jeff. Yeah, it's like <laughs> God, he's so annoying. Um, we knew this was going to happen too. Yeah, so Nick is so we get a female and a male winner here. And Nick is trying to basically orchestrate, I always bring up, like, the Big Brother-style deals. They always do this during head of households, where it'll be down to two people during an endurance thing. One person will be like, I promise you, if you let me win, you're safe this week. I won't mm. I won't put you up on the block, blah, blah, blah. And Nick's kind of trying to do the same thing. Yeah. He's like, you know, I'll give you a fire token, Tony. I'll give you two fire tokens, Tony. Or no, I'll fire. give you one. Yeah. And Tony's like, nah, I want to I wanna win three in a row. And he says, make history. So has no one ever won three in a row? That can't be right. No, they have. Yeah. I know one person has. Joe. Oh, okay. Joe on... Yeah, he was on Extinction. Did you ever see Joe? Yeah, I did. Yeah. Yep. So he didn't have a great Extinction. But my favorite stat, Joe Survivor stat, he's 7 for 12 all time in individual immunity challenges. Wow. Because pretty much every time he loses one, he gets voted out. Oh, okay. He in in Jeremy's season, he won four straight. There you go. He lost one, and then in the fifth, like the one that he was in, when he got voted out, he passed out. Oh, they, him and this old boy Keith had to like. I was watching the clip on YouTube the other day. I was like, "This is an insane challenge." They had basically they had to build up a pole. Okay, and it was fourteen feet in the air, and they had this little mannequin thing that they were balancing on the top of it. Oh wow! And they just held it like this, and they were up there for like two hours. And Joe just passed out. His legs gave out and everything. And then everyone starts cheering. And then they realize that he's passed out. And then even Keith, though. Because like, of the heat? Just because of, like, his neck was cranked looking right. upward. And they just, like, holding this, like, 14-foot pole. Right. They just drained his energy source. 
Hmm. And uh, even Keith, when he wins, he just like leans over on the thing. Like, he almost falls over himself. Wow. And Joe just passes out. So that would have been his out. fifth win, though. And I was like, holy smokes. <laughs> so anyway, so no, I don't know what Tony was talking about there. I don't know. Um, yeah, Joe went undefeated for a little bit there in Immunity Challenge. Wow. I so, thought it was four, but maybe it was only three. But anyway. So then Jeff brings out peanut butter, and chocolate, cookies. and cookies and milk. And they all just Drop. quit for it. And Kim was the one that surprised me the most. Even she even regretted it. Considering tribal. what ends up happening, but even before that, I was like, "Oh, Kim of all people!" Like I'm shocked. Me too, because I think she could have won that one. Yeah, because Denise ends up winning. Yeah. And then yeah, and then Nick is just he's like, "Tony, give me a fire token. I'll let you win." Yeah. And he just drops, and all of them, as soon as they do it, they're kind of like, "Ah, oh, shit, maybe we shouldn't have done that." Yeah. Immunity is the number, and that's where Tony's still playing the game. Man. Well, and I always say this: never put your game in other people's hands. No. 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 And that's what I, I respect about Tony in this case. He was like, because Nick was like, I'll give you a fire. He's like, no, man, I just want to win three in a row. Yeah. Tony's still playing. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I just. And then, and then when they're they're back at camp, and they're trying to figure out what's going on. And Ben, I don't know what, what's Zero's going on with in Ben. on Jeremy. Well, then, and then he goes, but then he goes and tells Tony. About Kim's plan. About yeah, Kim's yeah, plan. This is where it hurts us. Ben sinks to- Kim. Yeah. Really. But then when Tony goes to confront Nick, Nick is just the worst liar. He's like, <laughs> he's bumbling oh, around. Oh, yeah. um, oh geez. Yeah. Um, no, I whoa, know. Let me try to remember. Um, That's one thing Michelle did better. She thought on her feet a lot quicker than he did. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, Tony's just like, okay, man. Like, like can- Nick is just the worst fucking liar. <laughs> yeah. Whereas like Tony was hundred miles an hour. He would have had a, some crazy lie. Yeah. You know? Yeah, exactly. On the spot. Yeah. Then that right there showed you the difference between two of these players so. and then so um michelle gives jeremy her shitty coin flip yeah. thing Ugh. listen her and ben are out to lunch they a- are just floating in the wind michelle i mean we'll jump ahead a little bit she literally gives jeremy a coin to vote against him thinking she's in the majority uh, and then Kim I, uh, goes out. <laughs> there was one point earlier. I don't remember. She's been out of the loop for the vote for like four straight episodes. I don't remember who's. <laughs> I wrote that. Like she keeps throwing these rogue votes out. Like she has no idea what's going on. Um, lunch, man. But there was one point they're all sitting. I think it's like Nick and Michelle and somebody else and Denise maybe. And they're all talking and they say something like, "Yo, you know, I feel like everyone who's left here is all on the same level." And it's like, oh, I'm not so sure about that, Michelle. No, no I don't yeah. know about that. Yeah, no. So we get to immunity or uh, tribal council, and um, Denise is not having any of it. Denise was not a happy camper. And you know what? I'm I'm kind of on her side. It's getting a little. Old. I'm a little tired of the of the chaotic tribal council. Like, have your shit in order. Like, I think Jeff's got to rein this in a bit. A little bit. It's getting a little crazy. Because even when he's like, all right, it's time to vote. Does anyone have anything to play? And then Tony talks for another two minutes. I know. Yeah, I know. Like, it's crazy and it's fun to watch. But it's just like, you're right. At some point, you know, you have to tell them that they have to do yeah. the game. You have to play it properly. Yeah, like, you can't like, just be waiting to the last second every single time. Yeah. Right? And you even see people over in the jury, like Wendell, he's kind of like, come on. like Because yeah. I think Tony asks Sarah, uh, do you want me to play it for you? Yeah. And she doesn't say anything. You, you see Wendell kind of like, come on, say something. And then, you, you know, Tony goes to play it and then doesn't. And then Jeremy goes to play his thing and then doesn't. And I think Adam's like, what just happened? Like, yeah. what is going on? Right. No, I know. But Tony again. So he pulls over basically Nick, Ben, Sarah, and Jeremy, right? To vote Kim? I think, yes. 
Because in, and then it's Denise, Kim, and Michelle who vote for Jeremy. For Jeremy. Yes. That sounds right, right? Yes. And it, yeah, Michelle who keeps thro- like throwing these votes out has no idea what's going on. No idea what's going on. Um, which surprised me because Ben was so like, no, I'm not voting for Kim. I know. Tony convinced him. But then Nick at the very end is like, Tony says we're voting for Kim, but I'm not. He says that to he says that to Sarah. Yeah. So I don't know. But what. then they did. So I don't know how last minute that changed, but well, this is what is getting crazy about it is that Tony is literally running the whole thing. He knew, he knew what the vote was. Well, so they he, all did though, because Kim was like, I know, but he also told Jeremy to not play his. Yeah. Well, that that's was crazy. how confident he was in the vote. He was like, "Don't play it. Basically, don't play well, it." Dude. So well, then here's my question though. Was Sarah full of shit when she was like, I think they're coming after me? Because there was no votes cast for Sarah, and then when Tony's like, do you want me to play for you? She's like, don't play it for me. No. I think I think that was Tony just winning, like, winning her loyalty back. No, but I... No, but do you think... But my question is, was Sarah fucking around when she... Because she... The reason that the vote ends up going towards Kim is because Sarah's like, they're coming after me. We gotta put votes on Kim. Oh, Okay. Yeah, I don't know. It's a good question. I wish they had a live stream, like all the time you could watch stuff, you know? Yeah. Like, like a Big Brother. Big Brother style. Because you're right. There's been some times where the votes are coming through and they've never been able to really explain how they're coming well, through. Because Ben looks shocked at the end, but then Tony putting his hand on his knee kind of implies that Ben ended up voting with him. But then Denise, it seems like Denise voted against Jeremy, but she seems very sort of resigned to what's going on yeah so it's a little confusing i don't yeah. know but it was a pretty bold move by jeremy to not play it for sure for sure because <laughs> he just had to put his trust in tony yeah. and like you have this advantage and like you're just gonna go with it mm-hmm. so so now does he have to give it back to michelle though yeah good, good question i don't know hmm. i i would if i was jeremy hmm good. no no she just voted against me that's true too <laughs> oh man yeah and then like and Michelle, like voting out Jeremy, thinks she's on the right side, gives her her gives him her coin flip. She's like, hopefully this and saves then, like, you. And Ben just locking in on Jeremy, just locking in. But then Tony still convinces him. So Ben and Michelle just like lost puppies out there. That's what I wrote down. <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> just just fucking clueless. And then, yeah, Tony, man, I don't know how Tony knew though. It seemed like Tony knew everything. In in terms of what? Just like in terms of where the vote was going, how how it was all going down. I just was surprised at his ability to be like, no. The only thing too, like the Sarah thing. I mean, I think he was. I honestly just think he was just showing loyalty. I don't. I'm think just. She, I'm. I, I'm speaking from her perspective, though. Yeah, you're right. I think maybe she was. I think she was just testing him a little bit then. Yeah, or the group is what I mean. Yeah, because she was the one really like as much as Tony. You know, looks like the orchestrator here. Like, I feel like Sarah had influence here too. Sure, she was the one who kind of got the whole thing started. Where she's like, "They're coming after yeah. me," so we got to deflect some votes here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, some great editing though when he pats Ben. Yeah, and Rob's just like, "Yo, dude, this guy's a boss." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. If Rob's the one saying, "Yeah, right." It, when he said that, I was like, "It's curtains." That's like that uh, Vince Carter thing. I'm like, "It's, it's over, baby. over, baby." If he gets to the final, it's fucking over. So that's, I mean, that's the. To problem. me, that was the that's the indication. If Tony can get there, it's it's his to lose at this point. He's making all the moves. He's winning all the immunities. Mm-hmm. He's been literally dictating the vote for the last like. So four he's got to be careful, though. You're right. You play, maybe playing too hard. 
But if you just keep winning immunities, how does anybody... But then, but then you become Joe. The one time you slip up, you're fucked. You're fucked. I know. And you can't put your faith in the fact... Like, as, as confident in yourself you can be, you can't put faith in the fact that you're no. going to win every no, single because even immunity. Joe loses. Yeah. As much as he wins them all, all the time, even he loses. So, I mean... I think getting rid of Kim... Kim's a threat. Yes. Wow, she's a record holder. Yeah. Four individual immunities for women. It's the yeah. Record. So Kim... Jenna... Kelly from the original season. Oh, yeah. Kim, and then Chrissy. Oh, yeah. yeah Four yeah. individual immunities for women. That's the record. So do you think, though, that Kim was a bigger threat than Jeremy? Yes. So you Kim's think they made the right choice? Kim's low-key a beast. Kim's like the yeah. wallflower that, like, what she observes better than anybody, I think. I agree. I think she had she a always read. Has a, she always has a read on she, what's going to happen. She had a read on everything, and she knew right at Child Council, she's like, I'm going to get screwed here. Mm-hmm. And I think that's that was where that moment of regret really sunk in about yeah. like the dropping down, dropping down or whatever. But that was actually funny too when Jeff was commentating. Yeah, it's like as uh, like a horse Sarah race, just sitting there. Yeah, <laughs> they're all up except for Sarah. Because <laughs> um, even Jeff must just be like, "What the fuck is going on?" here? Well, he's like trying to ask Nick questions and all the shit's happening. He's like, "It's just it's so natural that you can have a conversation with me while all this is going on." And Nick's like, "Yeah, sure." Like it's, um, yeah. but yeah, I do. I think low key Kim. Kim is that person that you, you're talking about like, oh shit, all of a sudden there's someone, it's like, no, don't let her get too close to the Emmy because she might win you two, three immunities in a row. She's kind of been a swing vote. Like she has a strong case herself. Mm-hmm. I think she's a strong candidate to come back from extinction, truthfully. Well, yeah, because she's the freshest one, right? Yeah. And, just and she's just a good, she's good at challenges. Like I think she's someone that I would be worried about for mm-hmm. sure. Mm-hmm. I think it's between Rob getting hurt might yeah. fuck him actually. No. So I'm actually more on like the Natalie board, the Natalie Kim's Yule? of the world. Fuel Tyson, probably those four. Wendell, Wendell maybe. Yeah, Wendell's a little soft still. Like. Yeah, <laughs> Rob like is soft. He's yeah. dad bod soft, but it's like sucked in. His gut is like gone. Yeah. When he had no shirt on there, you're like holy smokes. Yeah. Like you can see how much weight he's lost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you right though? Daddy is like a skeleton. Yeah, I was worried. Natalie's still like. Yeah. She's a monster. She must work out like crazy. Well, they were saying, they kept make, making mention that Tyson is basically like a... Endurance athlete. So he, like triathlons, a I cyclist, guess? cyclist, I think. Uh, His okay. occupation, I'm fairly certain, his very first season was like endurance cyclist. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. But like Olympic level? Yeah, maybe. That's why he's, I think he is like a skinnier build, but yeah. he's kind of like soft skinny. He probably doesn't do it as much anymore. Sure. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, he's sure. got a little punch, but his arms and his legs are like yeah. you can tell this guy. He's got like a swimmer's body almost. That's what I mean. Yeah. I think cyclist makes sense to me. Yeah, but you know, maybe not as much anymore. I think fatherhood, sure, and all that stuff. Right? Yeah. So yeah, I don't know. It'd be interesting, but yeah, it was another crazy episode though. You just had no idea what was going. No, on. So, that, yeah. that's just it. Like going into it, that's and that's what I enjoyed. After all the chaos was happening, I'm like, I really don't know what's going to happen. Yes, because usually you can kind of get an idea. Mm-hmm. I don't know how I felt about Jeremy, like, kind of bullying Denise there. Like, you sure? Ah, I don't know. But I... I, It's ominous, but he's like, you're only safe tonight. People might remember that you didn't want to talk. Yeah. I don't... I didn't mind... I don't think he was bullying. Well, I just... Yeah, just the way... I think yeah. he was just sort of like, okay, fine. Yeah, but, that's true. And I guess Denise was just, like, annoyed at that point. Well, she was like, she, she was did give him, like, literally a finger in the face and didn't even look at him. Yeah, this is true. Or, too. like, kind of, like, gave him the palm or something like yeah, that. And yeah. I was like, oh, Denise, come on. Yeah, but she's just that over it. I'm ready like, to vote. <laughs> yeah, like, ready right. to vote. <laughs> All right. She's like, I'm aware, you know, whatever, yeah. which is fair, but... Well, it's just you just show, like, the tension after being there for almost a month, right? <laughs> for sure, and, like... you. It's just chaos all the time. But this is why Tony's good. He likes chaos. 
He's a chaos agent. He's a chaos agent, man. So he loves this shit. He's the one who started talking. The guy who literally, I think he just did it on purpose. Fuck. Well, him and Jeremy started whispering, right? Yes. And Ben, Ben's like leaning into his ears like, you two started this. <laughs> like, shut up, Ben. Oh. I just love when he patted him. And he, he just pats yeah. him. The edit was amazing. Good job, Ben. And then, Tony, and then Rob just like, man, Tony's a boss, well, dude. <laughs> Nick, Nick surprised me too because it just seemed like he was like, no, I'm voting Jeremy. Yeah, and then so, he didn't. I don't know. Did you ever confirm? I didn't look at the votes because well, you can always go on Wikipedia and they can always tell you. Well, I, I, I just figured that it from what it looked like the way they, the the way they interacted afterwards, like it was for sure Tony, Nick, Ben, Sarah, and Jeremy who voted for Kim. Yeah. And then Denise, Kim, and Michelle. Because it was five three. Yeah. Yeah. And then Denise, Kim, and Michelle voted for Jeremy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. But I could be wrong. I don't know. Yeah. Um, Just crazy. Yeah. So only a couple more episodes left, but next week will be an extra long episode, so that'll be fun. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We'll have see. a lot to talk about because yeah. you will be caught up on The Bachelor. Right. Listen to your heart. That's Bachelor right. Presents. Listen to your heart. I got to get that's that right. right. Yeah, that's and right. then, uh, yeah. Yeah. No, you're, you're, writing on, you're right on the voting. Yeah? Yeah. So it was Michelle, Denise, and Kim. Kim. Yeah. But then, like, Kim and Jeremy are tight, but then they're, like, voting for each other and shit, which is shitty. Yeah. Shows you how much, like, Tony's running it. Like, he still is barely... He hasn't gotten a vote against, has he? Uh... Nope. Nope. Wow. Man, he's got quite the edit going on right yeah, now. Yeah, he does. Like, you can't imagine anybody else winning at this point. Not right now. Not the way that it's shaken down. Yeah. Because I could have told you three weeks ago, like, yeah, he's looking good, but there's still... Yeah. Anything can happen. And it looked like when he originally was talking about eliminating, like, the hyenas, he called them, the Knicks, mm-hmm. and they, but they hasn't happened now. So, ironically, now, he's, like, big fish, small pond, kind of. He's... Yeah. He's... Well, I mean, when you're padding up another well, winner I'm, on the... I'm also worried that Ben's getting the edit that he's getting. <laughs> another sympathetic... As of right now, I would, I would. I just like when he was like, I just don't feel like talking to him. Like, you're five, man. I know. That's your strategy. Yeah. That is not a strategy. Even if you're gonna lie to him, like. So my prediction is that Tony will take. Jeremy, no, Jeremy and Ben. Okay, I think he's. I think he's taking Michelle and Ben. And the only reason why I think he would take Jeremy is just to like have that person right up until the end. But also be able to be sitting there at the final travel being like, the only reason Jeremy's here is because I saved his ass. Yeah. And then Ben's like, come on, guys. <laughs> now, what are we doing here? <laughs> what are we doing here? <laughs> There's no way Ben gets a vote if he made it there. No chance. <laughs> he, doesn't you even, know. he doesn't even really have allies either. No, and you know the everyone's watching him right now just being like, this fucking guy. How did this guy win? Well, you know the people Parv, the makes, Parv makes some comment where she's like, look at Ben just staring when like Tony and, and Jeremy are talking. It's like just always so paranoid. Yeah. I mean, you have to be, but still, it's just like he just wears, he just shows it so much on his face. It's he, hilarious. He does, yeah. So. Uh, okay. So, Either or, we missed it last right. week. That's right. Oh, man. Okay. You have to do it because I didn't I write it. one down. I got it. Yeah. I, okay. I do the one we were supposed to do for last week. I had it tied in a little bit. Some It's, more, it's a heavy football okay, whatever. theme, but... Um, oh, because of the draft? Yeah, but then I... Yeah, so it only, it's only four. Okay. Shane Falco oh, or Willie Beeman? Sh- Shane Falco. <laughs> Shane Falco. Mo- moving on. <laughs> moving, moving on. on. Uh, that's Come the, on. That is the correct answer. Man, here's the thing. As, as good as Willie Beeman is, like, Shane Falco has the, the speeches. That's right. Quicksand, baby. Oh, there's that. 
But I just mean like in the final huddle, oh, where it's like so good. Yeah, it's like pain is temporary. Chicks dig chicks dig scars, scars, and glory lasts forever. That's right. Yeah. So I I wholeheartedly agree. That's the correct answer yeah. in this situation. Um, Burt Reynolds or Adam Sandler as your quarterback? Okay. Um, <laughs> Burt Reynolds is the right answer. Yes. But I don't mind the the remake of the longest. Sure. Third. I don't but mind. Do you think it. Adam Sandler could actually be a quarterback? No. Whereas I think Burt Reynolds almost could be. Yeah. I think Adam Sandler's probably like sneaky athletic though. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. Uh, which varsity blues quarterback do you want? Paul Walker or James Vanderbeek? Um, <laughs> I don't even know what one of their names. I, I don't know. James Vanderbeek. Do you want James Vanderbeek? Yeah. yeah. He seemed like he was a little more. Uh, he had the brains. Yeah. You know, Paul Walker just had the. Well, although he was the coach at the end. So he. You know. <laughs> okay. The better Dennis Quaid. Which is more believable, Dennis Quaid as a quarterback or Dennis Quaid as the rookie, the pitcher? Okay, well, the whole (laughs) concept of the rookie is stupid. (laughs) That's like in the Mighty Ducks where Gordon Bombay is like 40 and he's like, I'm going to go travel to the North Stars. He's like, he is one close step to the NHL and like the little pre thing. Yeah. And it's like, come on, stop this. Yeah, It's like you got injured in junior and now you're (laughs) not even... (laughs) It wasn't Junior? I don't even know. And like my favorite part was Mike Madano makes an appearance. That's right. And he's like, man, this guy used to kill us in Pee Wee. Yeah, yeah. You're like 13 in Pee Wee. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, my God. And Paul Correa is in the very underrated third one. That's right. Well, he's putting that, that like nerd Yeah, announcer. the commentator guy. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But anyway, yeah. So Dennis Quaid, more believable as a quarterback or as the rookie? Pitcher. Okay, I would say more believable as a pitcher. Me too. Because, like, the punishment you would take, especially in that era of football. Yeah, and, like, he looks 400 <laughs> years old in any given Sunday. Like, he does not look like a quarterback at all. They do say, though, that he's, like, you know, his concussed to hell and his... Or, no, it's not concussions. He's got, like, a bad... Broken ribs that's what it or is. something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, yeah I he, guess. He's but... sore. There's that really good scene where he... Yeah. Where, um, Al Pacino goes to see him mm-hmm. and he's, you know, he's like getting out of bed and he's like taking his painkillers and stuff like that. So, yeah. What, you but, don't, you don't uh, like we'll the concept see, of the rookie? No, it's dumb. It's like, he's, how old is he in the rookie? Like in his late 30s. Yeah, like that's stupid. Like, you know how much fucking velocity you lose? Yeah, and he's got better. I mean, it's a real story, but. Is it really? Yeah, it's actually, it's based on a real guy. Which is crazy. That's crazy. He got, but he got Tommy John surgery, I think. Right. And then didn't, and then stopped playing or whatever, and then was throwing. But from what I understand about Tommy John, is you lose a ton of speed. Do you? Or is it the op- No, no. No, it's the opposite. You, you lose gain. control. You lose control. Yeah. You can gain so speed. So when you're in your late 30s, like if you don't have control on your pitches. Yeah. He didn't last very long. Okay. And it was just like a relief pitcher because, yeah, he could throw hard hmm. or whatever. So. I will say this, though. Dennis Quaid looks good in the, in the, uh, Shoulder pads. Yeah? I think he looks like you're kind of like you're... you're Peyton Manning you're, or something? Like a Drew Brees. Like you're aging quarterback. <laughs> sure. Okay. Yeah. But anyway, that was it. That's all I oh, had. that's it? Oh, okay. Yeah, that's all I had. Only four categories. Okay. It was mostly... Yeah, it was last week. It was to tie a little bit into the football because the, the draft, of course, was last week yeah. for, for the NFL. What did you so. think of it? It, it? I think it was fine. I, was I kinda, watched a little bit. I was kind of like, they should just do this from now on. Right? It's just as fun. Like, yeah. It, I don't know. The whole... Yeah, the stories get a bit much, though. Oh, man, so tragic. And, yeah, and just, like, can you be... Yeah, anyway, it's just... Can you be any more, like, stereotypical and stuff? And all these people... They're all single moms. Yeah, and, like, and it's yeah. just, like... It's, it always gives me the heebie-jeebies that it's, like, ESPN promoting these stories about, like, all these people. And it's just, like, man, I don't know. Uh, yeah. It's just, like... it. 
when it just gets heavy handed after a while. One hundred, yeah, I you agree know, with I that. think like talk about their talent, talk about all these things because these are amazing athletes. I don't know. Sometimes it just gets a little much. That's all they they always just like single home. Are you you know are you an NFL player if you didn't grow up with drugs and alcohol and single parents? It's kind of like okay, yeah. man, like. We don't need to always be telling these stories. I'll let them tell them on their own time. Like, I don't know. You're always forcing it down the throat. Yeah, and you're right. And it's not like it's not like you're telling the story with Joe Burrow or Justin Herbert. No, you're yeah. not. And it's just like, okay. Yeah. Yeah, I read a good tweet from Bomani Jones, of oh. course, about it. And he was making fun of that fact that, like, he's just like... All the black players have yeah. all these, like, sad stories. And all the white guys are just like, well, they're just good fundamentals. Yeah. They got... They got <laughs> I mean, Burroughs got a lot of zip in his arm. Yeah, and it's bad. It's like all these other families have like 15 people in the room with them. And like, you know, Joe Burroughs got his mom and his dad. Yeah. It's like, okay, guys. You know, it's it's that visual that like these people are going to have to like support all these people in that room. Whether or not that's true or not. I know what you mean. They're just like, like I said, it gets a little heavy handed after a while. But good for them. All those guys look like they are excited to be. It looked like it was the same thing as going up to the. It's probably just as exciting to have your name called virtually as it would be. Sure. To me, I think it, you made it. So yeah, I agree. As, and as you know, that's how these drafts used to go. Like you hear all these stories when guys are just at home and yeah, their agent the calls them. And stuff. Yeah. 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 My favorite draft story always was Joe Thomas, right? Because he went fishing. Oh, really? Yeah, and he got drafted by the Browns second overall, and he didn't actually go up to the thing, which is like super rare. Did he not think he was going to get vote? No, he, he knew, but he always drafted? like had a fishing trip with his dad at this time oh. of year and said, "Fuck it, I don't need to go to the draft." And he was getting drafted by the Cleveland Browns. So yeah. That had something to do with it, too. Yeah. <laughs> Oof, yeah, no doubt, eh? So. No, I thought it was good. But, I yeah, I, like... thought it was, I thought it was fun. I didn't watch a ton. watched a little bit, though. I was actually curious what was going to happen with, like, the Patriots if they were going to draft a QB. And then I saw I, – I was watching right around the time that the Packers drafted the quarterback. Yeah. Uh, Jordan Love. Jo- Jordan Love, yeah. From Utah State. Yeah. <laughs> I believe that's an Aggie, if I'm not mistaken. There's about a bazillion Aggies. See, that was a, that could have been another comparison, Shane Falco or Johnny Utah, because hey, because in Point Break, I think he plays quarterback. He does. Yeah. yeah, I wanted to do that one, but I didn't know if he had seen Point Break. So yeah, um, I did start with Shane Falco. Yeah, it's always Shane Falco though. I in gotta let him redeem himself. Back in Falco. back in the early years of university, me and uh, a friend started a Facebook page that was. <laughs> it hasn't aged well because you know Keanu Reeves is having this renaissance. But you got to remember, this is in like the late, you know, early two thousands. Yeah. No, I went to I went I didn't go to university till twenty eleven. Oh, I guess, or twenty yeah. two thousand nine. Okay, yeah, I guess around the time you're right, he wouldn't have been like. As so great. the page was, we hate Keanu Reeves but love Shane Falco. <laughs> but now you love Keanu Reeves. Oh, and then if well, I'm I'm indifferent to Keanu Reeves. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm like I think he's fine. Yeah. I don't, like I don't know. Whatever. Um, and then my fantasy team is always Falco, Falco not Flacco. <laughs> so, like, I'm, I'm all the way in the bag for Shane Falco. I like it. Uh, we stand Shane Falco. Absolutely. Uh, so, thank you for listening. We will be back on Monday uh, redrafting the 2011 NHL entry draft. And then back next Thursday with probably an extra long episode since Survivor's going to be extra long. Mm-hmm. And we'll break the whole thing down, especially if there's multiple eliminations mm-hmm. and stuff. So. And until then... Like I said, thank you for listening. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Play. Share the podcast with your friends and other strangers. Uh, follow us on Instagram and Twitter. We like hearing from you guys. Thank you for commenting on some of our stuff. We like interacting. DM us if you are interested in us talking about anything. If you have an either or for both of us. That's right. Uh, and until then, Neil? Nothing. 
Thank you, everyone. Stay safe and stay healthy.